also brought to you by the Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. Eat local, but stay coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant. The Boatyard is located at 1555 Southeast 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. That means you can come by boat or you can come by car. Enjoy the nautical atmosphere whether you sit inside in the cold AC or outside on the patio bar. The Boatyard has something for everyone. Monday through Friday, happy hour. Where local favorite is bar bites and handcrafted cocktails. Open for lunch, dinner, and the popular Sunday brunch. And don't forget, ladies night. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. where ladies drink free. Dock and dine at the famous Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. I am sure you'll have a great experience. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. The main reason I don't do like live target or any any artificial bait. Swim bait or something, yeah. Is there ten bucks? Maybe some are eight, maybe some are twelve. Maybe some the would fucking be fucking spool text twenty. Yeah. And then we eat into your crazy margins as it is. God forbid. Well, I'm just saying Well in one night you lose two or three. No, I mean Yeah, I mean Well the way that, and then when you're fishing those kind of baits, I mean you will you will lose three, four or five a night. You'll lose two a night just because the clients throw them up on the dock or in a ship or something like that. Or a barracuda slashes one and there you go. Yeah. So that's the only reason I don't use artificial. Um I agree. And I don't either, but if I can get on their pro team and work out a deal with them where I'm using their baits and, you know, stockpiling them, I'll have artificial days. All right. I'll just say, you know, you guys are good casters. You mind if we let's fish some artificials today? Right. Try for as long as we can. If we're catching fish, we stick with it. If we don't, we bail out. We go get some bait. We continue the day. Or it's a big part of the day. It's, it's hard to say. They make a croaker that's this big. I saw that. And that thing swims just like a freaking croaker, man. And the snooks eat it? Oh, my God. Yeah? I think you could go to Jupiter and right to the bottom. Right in the school <laughs> snook, right? <laughs> instead of going they're, instead of going like this, they're going to go like this. I mean, I think they're just going to eat the shit out of that thing. Oh, let's find out. I'm all, that's awesome. you got a relationship with Live Well, I, I'm, I'm trying. It's through um, a guy named Jeff Page, who's a guy out of Sarasota. And uh, he is the only saltwater, like, ambassador that, that they have at this point. They've got five or six freshwater guys. Okay, yeah. So. Well, welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. We're sitting down in downtown Fort Lauderdale with the president of the Broward chapter of the CCA, Mike Lambrex. He's here for another episode. Good to have you, Mike. Thanks for having me. And very special guest tonight, the legendary Chukaleski King, Brian Sanders. <laughs> Very happy to have Brian in tonight. Uh, got a chance to know Brian over the last few years. And um, stand-up guy, real guy, the type of guy that, um, you know, you want to go fishing with. Brian, what's the name of your uh, charter business? Just uh website is Sanders Outdoor Guide. SandersOutdoorGuide.com? Mm-hmm. That's how you get Brian. Brian is, um, like, we're going to get into it in the podcast, but he is the guy in Chukaluski. I I didn't have a whole lot of experience in Chukaluski. I've only fished out of there a couple times. And Mike Lambrex was, um, well, he was graceful enough. He's, he was nice enough to ask me to go on a trip with his buddy Brian. That's putting it nicely, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I work hard to make it nice. But, um, <laughs> so I, of course, I wanted to go. So he didn't have to beg you. Right. He no, just said, I, hey, let's go fishing with Brian. And, right. And that was it. And Brian also um, participated in the last Lunker Con that we had here in Fort Lauderdale. 
and um, it was great to have him. And he brought one of his sponsors, Starbright, with him, and um, we had a blast that night. So I wanted to go fishing with Brian, and um, Mike made it happen. So um, anyway, you guys are going to hear about Brian Sanders tonight. Brian, um, first of all, thanks for just an incredible fishing trip the other day. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a great time. I mean, I don't get a chance, you know, to fish, you know, for fun that much anymore. So when I do, you know, I don't just go with anybody. And um, I've been friends with Mike for a long time, and I haven't even been able to take him tarpon fishing. So when he asked me to go fishing with you, being summertime and not being so crazy busy, I jumped on it. And I got to tell you, it was a pleasure. We had a great time. Yeah. Right, I'd like to you to return the favor. I'd like to go tarpon fishing with you one night. Absolutely. I'd love to. Just, you know, uh, August is not a busy time for me and probably you as well. It's the middle of summer. Kids are getting ready to go back to school. And uh, so I've got some free days and free nights. So, yeah, the fish are biting. Let's go. Let's go <laughs> kill a night. Brian, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, Brian, but you might have to, Jeff's boat might have to just randomly float down the canal. And you might have to rescue his boat just like I did to get invited on a trip. Now, oh, the trip okay, that's the way it works. Yet, but you got to do something for Jeff. But you so know you what? had to now bring that, I, that up. Now that I think about it, you've done something for Jeff, so you've qualified. So I think you got two people in front of you here. Now, All right, cool. Uh, Jeff, that got to go. Cool. I might have an invite then. Well, I've been I've been wanting to take Mike for a long time, and um, a couple of times we had it scheduled, and I just couldn't make it work out. And um, <coughs> a lot of times, you know, we're we're dealing with each other, you know, around his uh, well, when he was with the sail club, now the CCA events. And um, it's you know how it is. It's hard to take your buddies fishing in the middle of the season. No question. You know you got to. Be... Nor do I want to do it. It's, I'm just too busy, and I just feel it's not. It's not fair to the clients the next day, and it's not fair to my buddies because you know I'm just I'm in that mode. I'm work mode every day, working right. fishing. You know, let's just do it when I'm not so beat up and not so rushed, and I just feel like I'm just too rushed during those times. I was listening to a podcast with the uh, Captain's Collective Group, and. Um, there was a kid on there that called the season hay time. And I guess he comes from a farming family. And there's a time. Time to get, make hay, right? Yeah, there's yeah. time to make hay. you got to stop and not worry about anything else and get ready for um, the long summers that we have. And um, so, yeah, during the hay time, it's really tough. But you guys should come fishing with me at the end of next month, end of September, beginning of October. When the mullet run. Right, right the yeah. mullet migration be coming through. That's what made you famous, if I'm not mistaken, right, Jeff? No, I made me famous. <laughs> the oh. Mueller Run. I stand corrected. Well, right. here, here's we my... made the Mueller Run famous. Nobody yeah. even talked Nobody about even the knew. Mueller Run. We all knew about right, it as local lo guys right. here, and we would somewhat take advantage of it, but it wasn't on a well, huge, big scale like what's that. What's the Mullet Run? Is there a Mullet Run in Chukaluski? We and, do. And we get, a, a, we get a spring and a fall Mullet Run. For those who don't know, maybe those that are not from Florida or listening outside, where... Where is Chukaluski? I mean, this is well. Chukaluski is just a small little island that sits on basically the northern end of Everglades National Park. So the main city there, which is not a very big city, is called Everglades City. So what happens is, is if you leave Everglades City and you travel south down the coast, about 50, 60 miles or so, you now you're into Florida Bay. So basically. That's about as big as the park is, what they call Everglades National Park. It used to be called the 10,000 Islands, and there's probably less of those now because we've had some major hurricanes go through there and destroy some of the islands. But now it's called Everglades National Park when the government purchased it some 75 years ago and uh, also known as the 10,000 Islands. So it's 
30 miles or 40 miles kind of south east of Marco. So that would be the closest, I guess, biggest city to Everglades City. Okay. Now, now you, you've uh, you got deep roots in um, Everglades City, correct? Yeah, so I grew up on the East Coast uh, in Pompano and Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Went to local high schools, elementary schools, that kind of stuff, and lived for the weekends. So uh, my father, my grandfather, my dad's got three brothers. We had a, or still have, a place uh, in Chukalusky that's um, just a mobile home, but it's nice. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath. So I has I had the luxury of growing up there on the weekends and uh, hanging out, fishing with my grandfather, my dad, his brothers. Um, so that's real Florida since cracker Since I stuff. can remember, man. Right, that's, that's real Florida real cracker Florida stuff. Real Florida cracker. I mean, there was a guy that had a place right next door. His name was Andy McLean, and he wrote a, every year he would come out with this Fishing Mate magazine that was a tide chart. Later on, a guy named Mike, purchased it and it was called Mike's Tide Charts but years ago it was called the Fishing Mate and that guy was like one of the premier guys back then and he made a living trolling. That's trolling. what he did. Trolling number three yellow reflecto spoons <laughs> and like uh, sometimes a 52M18 greenback mirror lure and that was his deal. That's funny that's funny because in the, in the 80s down here in Los Olos Boulevard in the canals that's kind of what we did. We'd st- we'd troll a reflecto spoon mm-hmm. or a drone spoon or a big white bucktail and just troll around. And it was amazing how many nice fish you could catch. You would think the fish would spook from the boat, and I think they just they kind of gets their attention. Well, I tell boat you, boat goes by, and then here comes the lure, and they just pile on that thing. Well, I tell you, here in Broward and Dade anymore, I think the <laughs> the fish are almost attracted to the boat. Yeah. I'm not kidding. They associate it with food, right? Uh, I, <laughs> Just I, like the sharks associate it with food, too. Oh, the sharks, dude. <laughs> we don't have enough time to talk about those guys. But uh, anyways, let me get back to the. So I grew up, Chukalusky was weekends and summers, lived for it, worked uh, to support my fishing habit as a young man in my 16, 17 range, years old, decided those later years in high school, junior, senior years, I didn't want to be in school. I wanted to fish, so skipped a lot, played hooky, right. but but learned that everybody liked fish, the teachers especially. So if I could go fishing and butter them up and bring them some fish, I had, I excused, Very diplomatic. excused absences. So I learned the, the, the Ponzi scheme early on in life. How to do all that stuff, but anyways, no, and I'd spend a lot of time fishing over there, and as I got older, it's all I wanted to do. I mean, I lived for it, and uh, I also grew up uh, in Pompano and was part of the early revolution in tournament fishing in Pompano where, uh, you know, guys like Timmy Maddock and Casey Hunt and Art Sapp and uh, and Skip Dana and all these guys, um, uh, Danny Massa, Jeremy Houston, I mean, uh, Jamie Bunn, all these guys, we kind of all grew up together and all kind of figured out how to fish the tournaments and that kind of stuff. And we we all competed against each other. And those were years that I would never trade. I wouldn't trade those for anything. I had some special times, had really, really good fishing and, uh, you know, just awesome times there. Yeah, I tell people all the time growing up, you know, well, you know, I always talk about Fort Lauderdale Beach, but Pompano is the next, you know, city north of us. But in those times, growing up here in you know southeast Florida and being coastal like that, um, 
if you fished and you were into it, you knew everybody that fished and that was into it. It was a pretty tight knit community. And it still is, I think. I mean, it's it is, but it's filled with a bunch of jerk offs yeah, and stuff now. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's not not near as pure as it used to be. No. Mm-mm. Did you mention you said Tim Maddock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the first time I met that guy, Timmy Fisherboy Maddock online. Well, that's his son. Oh, that's his kid. Yeah, his kid and his kids following in his footsteps. So, I don't really know his his son that well, but Timmy and I went to high school together and and grew up. And Timmy would come over and fish a few tournaments with me on the West Coast and uh, did very well. Won a couple of those tournaments with with he and Casey fishing with me. And here we are fishing in the artificial division in what they call the Red Snook Tournament out of Naples. And, and these guys had never used artificial before. And we're competing against guys that win it every year, and we beat them. <laughs> we beat them. them two years in a row. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Timmy is uh, one of the best anglers on a rod that I've ever seen. Incredible yeah. angler. Yeah, great fisherman, incredible angler. But his son, who is maybe in his early 20s now, I think is following in his footsteps and probably just as good. First time I ever met Tim... I was at this place on Los Olas called YOLO, and if for you guys that know YOLO, or for those that don't know YOLO, YOLO is a uh, it's a uh, somewhat upscale bar in a very upscale area here, and you know generally where they valet park uh, the Lamborghinis and the Porsches. It's in a front. fancy nightclub with, yeah, a, big, with a, yeah, a good chef. Yeah, I was being modest. With a good yeah. chef, huh? Nice. Yeah, food's pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, I saw this. Speaking I saw of food, this, man, I'm hungry. Yeah, I know. I know. We'll work on that. But uh, I. I I was sitting down at the bar there for a drink, and I see this truck. I think it was a lifted pickup truck roll in, diesel, and uh, you know he pulls the tailgate down, and there's there's about a 12 foot gator in the back of this truck, and this guy valets his truck right out in front of Yolo next to the Lamborghinis <laughs> and the Porsches with a big old dead gator in the back of his truck with a tag in it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, was, it was gator season, and he just tagged he just tagged a gator, and he uh, just had to go there and get something to eat. To Yolo, right, that's where you yeah, go. Shows up to Yolo, grabs a drink. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, sits at the bar. And Couldn't say, just go to the takeout sushi place right down the street. we got to go there, right? Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Show you off gotta, the alligator. I mean, I, I was envious. I really was. YOLO, well, you only live once, right? Hey. Yeah, yeah, man. I guess so. It's funny you mentioned YOLO because YOLO is part of the restaurant group that just sponsored the podcast. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? yeah. Is well, that the uh, yeah the restaurant group? That's uh, the restaurant. Petrillo, Tim Petrillo, and all those those folks. Those right. Are, Bimini Boatyard is yeah, now official sponsor of the Real yeah. Guy podcast. So, so Tim, what's... Tim's last name? Petrello. Petrello, yeah. yeah. I met him years ago. Years yeah. ago. He's a nice yeah. kid. Yeah. Yep. Really good kid. Yeah. So anyway, that's kinda kinda funny how you bring that up. The um but the fishing trip that we went on, let's get into that a little bit. Sure. Because it seemed like to me, um, I mean it was like clockwork for you. You know what I mean? Uh, uh Mike and I get on the road about uh what, six thirty or so? Yeah, around that time. 6.30 or so. We want to meet Brian over in Chukaluski, so it's like an hour and a half away. And uh, we roll up there in um, this nice little marina and spot where uh, where Brian keeps his, keeps his boat and it's a place we can get ice and fuel and all that. What about the gas station with the gators? Remember that little gas station we stopped at to grab some coffee? And you look at you look at the little creek that's right next to the gas station, and there's a bunch oh, of baby yeah, gators rolling back, around yeah. there. And that's... That's when you know you're you're getting into into Jurassic Park, and I call I call Chukaluski. I think it's the true Jurassic Park of fishing. Yeah, well, it's all available there. I don't know if it's Jurassic Park of fishing, but it's damn. I mean, we, we caught fish at every spot, and um, like really, I mean, it was like it was like clockwork. Um, we, we you know we we pull up. Brian's uh, pretty much ready to rock and roll. We get some ice and a couple little things. We jump in the boat. We go around the corner fast. I haven't, I haven't gone that fast in boat all day long in a long time. I mean, we were only doing 
35 probably that's, yeah that's all okay i don't know if my boat's ever even seen 35 i don't think i drive that fast but no okay. but uh, dude, the way we fished I and mean, we had to go fast but anyway <laughs> well we tried to just pack it all in in one day you know i'm like all right man i got i got the world famous lunker dog today man i gotta show <laughs> lunker dog what's up so we well, need to run around we need to do this 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 and this and we need to fit it all in an eight hour day so well we did and uh it was a phenomenal job but like we we leave the marina and um uh, we run around maybe in a mile or so and we stopped to get some bait and if i remember correctly um your shoulder was bugging you both of them yeah you're still having issues with that but, yeah. yeah i think i think it's going to be ongoing i think it's just years of abuse and you know cast nets I, I don't think people realize that, morning, that when yeah, you're a professional guide and you're doing 200 plus trips a year it's no different than any type of other professional athlete no question you're going to live with pain it's something you're going to have to manage something you're going to have to deal with you can't get away from it i don't know anybody that's been in the business you know for even a few years that doesn't have to deal with well the, you can get away from it just don't do it <laughs> right. Now, now maybe that's why so many drug yeah. addicts and alcoholics are in our business yeah, also. just don't do it right <laughs> no, they're, that's they're, great so that's what i got to look forward to well huh? you know you can be a pro and stay away from it but okay. maybe just maybe <laughs> whatever happened to that guy yeah he's a drug addict alcoholic no <laughs> but that's very prevalent in our business <laughs> yeah I'm and sure. it's kind of weird you would think that you know in our business you know you wouldn't get into those types of elements but maybe there's a correlation with you know the pain yeah just mask the pain and just get through the day sure right you get through the day and, and you pick it up and the next day starts and starts all over again and all you can think about is getting through that day yeah but i'll tell you what you know i got uh, two guys that i know real real well here and both are family guys and care a lot about their families and uh you know i don't ever see that ever being a priority on these guys list so you know i think i'm in rare company when it comes to uh the the, the stereotype are you looking for a beer jeff yeah let me show you something here all right all right so mike well, i brought a, i brought you yeah you got some fancy mike beer brought some fancy yeah. brewskis so i uh actually i was just you guys were wondering why i was late and um i apologize for that it was three minutes late you guys were early and i was amazed by that so bravo to you uh, we are having a CCA committee meeting over at Gulfstream Brewery here in Fort Lauderdale, which is a great sponsor of ours. And I asked the owner, McKay, I said, McKay, won't you, won't you can me up a couple of crowlers, and let's show, <laughs> let's show the guys some, nice. let's show the guys some really good beer here. So I know that you're looking for a beer here, Jeff, and uh, I'm a little thirsty as well. This this beer actually happens to be a special beer that we brewed ourselves, called the John Michael Baker, the JMB Reef Ale, and uh, we sunk a reef here. Is uh, some of your so, listeners have heard about before and we created a beer based on that reef which we've just scheduled our second deployment nice. uh coming up in september huh that's awesome that's kind of cool yeah, yeah cool. so i'm gonna crack this open for you guys and you let me know if you like it nice yeah it's well i won't need another one after this it's very this is, it's uh, very foamy and very big what is yeah. that thing a 40 we have been rolling with a 40 it reminds you of what it was like to be in georgia back in the day here there you go jeff thanks yeah man speaking of beers we just scheduled the lunker con 2019 yeah i think we're gonna Where do and it when we're gonna do it september uh 7th I totally screwed up last week. I was telling everybody September 9th. That's like a Tuesday. <laughs> then I look Probably like, well, if you get a discount on the restaurant, I mean. Saturday you know. night, right? Saturday night Saturday, is, is Yeah, we're going to do it on Saturday night. So anyway. That's cool. cool. I can attend that. Cool. Yeah, because I was going to say, last time uh, last time you came to LunkerCon, that was like, uh, I don't know, kind of like the ice breaking between us. You know, we got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. He actually had a great time. 
Yeah, everybody think, I thought had a great time. The thing that the thing that I liked so much about that LunkerCon is when you looked across the room and you saw all the great fishermen that were hanging out. There's a bunch a good of time. them there. Yeah, no doubt. You know. I think that, uh, and everybody was just hanging out talking about fishing, which is the common bond that we all have. Yeah, there's nobody that's better than anybody else. I mean, I was talking to no drama, lots of guys, and being got people. I was what freaked me out more than anything is I fish on the west coast, I live on the east coast, but I don't spend a lot of time out and about here just because of my schedule. And if I do, it's out west. Here we are on the east side of town. And I've got people coming up to me, introducing themselves to me, telling me that they know me and <laughs> I have a mutual friend and this and that. And that happened to me not only once or twice, but about 10 times. Yeah. And it just freaked me out that these people knew who I was. Well, the, the, the social network that we have, Brian, is really in tune, you know, with the guys that are actually fishing, the guys that are actually catching stuff. So when you bring them all together and then they see you, dude, not only, you know, were they nice about it? But it was exciting for them. They're like, man, that's Brian Sanders over there. Right. And those dudes that are into Everglades National Park, Chuck Olusky, they want to be next to you. They, they spend wanna, any time. There. They yeah, want to sure. talk to you. They want to take a picture with you. No doubt. You know? And, you know, the guides are cool with it. And um, like you said, so a lot of your dogs were there. Art Sapp. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a big deal. Skip Dana was there. Yeah, Skip yeah. was there. Yep. And, um, we love old Skipper. Right. Some of the dudes that fished out of Flamingo, Benny and um benny blanco's now he's got a show uh florida sportsman show yeah what about carl ball was carl ball there? carl, carl was, there. was there yeah oh, yeah. Was was there. Yeah. i mean they were who all wasn't, who wasn't there was is what there, i want right? to know Schneider. peter miller yeah peter yeah, miller, peter miller was there. i tell you who wasn't there was george pavaramo oh he wasn't there he wasn't there he must have been filming i know george would be there george would have been there i think i think he would have i talked to him um before the event and uh he thought he could make it and then he called me up like a day before but um, I saw George at ICAST the other day. Did you? Good. Yeah, and we scheduled we're going to do a, a podcast with George, so that'll be cool. That'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah that'll, be, that'll good be cool. You know, I leave for uh, Bolivia with uh, Rick Murphy and some of his sponsors on the, I think, the 8th, which is the following day that you're talking about. Really? So who knows? Maybe if Mr. Murphy's got some free time, we'll get him to show up to LunkerCon and uh, yeah. do a little uh, hangout with the guys. And, I've reached uh, out to him over the years, but he's not exactly right around the corner or no, anything. No, he's down in Homestead, so it would be a little bit of a Where's LunkerCon going to be this year? We're going to do the Tarpon River Brewery. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I think I think it'll be a good place to do it. Great place. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll do all the same stuff. I don't know if we're going to give away quite as much as we used to give away in the past. Um but we try to get as many kids that can, that, that you know, get them as many kids that are, you know, into the fishing there so they can hang out with some of the pros and get some photos. But um, we'll start advertising it this week. And, um, Great. Yeah, we'll take it from there. Yeah, we'll share it on social media and get some, draw some attention to it. So it Brian, was really a great time. Brian, how many, how many miles, how many miles did we go that day when we fished? I would say we did just short of 100. <laughs> you should ask him how many miles are on his car. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, how much is on the car? Well, it's a it's a 2006 Toyota 4Runner, and it's got 315,000. Nice. When you drive every day to go to work. 92 miles you, one, one way. One way, yeah. yeah. So you're going to put a few miles on your car. All highway driving, though. When I leave my house, I have like two red lights, and then I'm on the road, and I don't stop till I get there. Well, you should really get into all the different podcasts then. You got a decent ride. Can kind of. Yeah, he's got enough time to listen. I don't mean to just it. my podcast, but any podcast in general. Yeah, I mean, it's well, we enough, and this is yours, all new Jeff. for me. I don't. I don't even know how to find this. So well, I was. Th- 
I mean, that's a great question, right? I mean, now, I, well, it is. A, it's a question. It's a, and it's a, but it's so easy compared to other forms of social it? media. Yeah, like I use what kind of phone you use? What do you got there? Oh, I got a cell phone. I mean, is that, a, is that an iPhone? That's yeah, an, it looks iPhone. Like, it looks like an right. iPhone. So an iPhone, all you do is find that little purple thing that says podcast. It's on there somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, you find oh, that. Oh, it's pur- under photography? Uh, mine was. But oh. anyway, that little purple thing. I've seen it before. It's on there somewhere. It's... You you just hit that, and then you type in the search button. Well, that's going to be the million-dollar Spotify now. has it too, though, right? How do if I... you Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, How iTunes, do I find this they all thing, got yeah. it. I'm going to show yeah, you well, afterwards. I'll okay. leave it up to a fishing guy to figure out his uh, his iPhone. No, he's, I mean, he's good at fishing. Unlike, unlike... No, I'm not bad with the phone. I've just I've never seen that icon before. Well, and, and all you have to do is click it, and then... And then what happens? It just anything you want to. It just anything that you menu? want. Yeah, there's a menu, but just you know, like you want to see the um, the um, Waypoint TV collection of podcasts, mm-hmm. and then you can look at those and find out which ones you want to listen to. Okay. Mine, you just type in Lunker Dogs Real Guy Show, pops right up, shows you all the different episodes. Awesome. But driving an hour in 20 minutes every day. Okay. I mean, perfect. I I, I forced Mike to listen to one of the podcasts on the way back. And um, it was like a, like a forty minute one, so we got through it pretty quickly. You didn't force me to. And who, I mean, and I, who was it? It was one of one of the ones that I did. Who'd you do it with? Which one did we listen to? It was the uh, it was the Jaws episode. One of the Jaws episodes. Yeah. yeah. During the Fourth of July, we did five different episodes <laughs> on Jaws. Okay. And then leading to the final episode, which was. If we had Jaws playing on the TV, you sync it up with the podcast, and then you click at the same time. And then the people watching the TV can listen to us bullshit about Jaws. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it was one of the Jaws ones. But I wanted Mike to listen to the podcast on the way back because I wanted to to see if he would laugh. Because in our podcast... And a lot of these, like, you know, adventure or sportsman's podcasts. They're too serious, right? They're so fucking serious. serious, you know? And they're like, it's all like... Docu- so was he laughing? Yeah, he broke he out cracking and laughed up, like right? three yeah. or four times. I mean, to me, this is uh, sitting around bullshit and talking about fishing right out of my eye. I hadn't watched buddy. Jaws in years and just, you know, hearing Jeff, you know, hearing Jeff talk about Jaws, I think was just funny in itself, <laughs> even though I didn't know what the hell he was talking about most of the time. I have to rewatch it, but... We are the only ones on that whole Waypoint platform that, you know... Let's just say have a lighter side to the podcast. It's okay. just an original idea, though. You know, I feel like it's, it's, it was just funny. It's not like you're trying to prove to everybody that you're the best fisherman on the planet. You're just, you know, hey, we're a bunch of got real guys talking about fishing. And it was pouring down rain the entire. Remember that it started. It started oh, yeah. almost basically hailing. It was pouring down rain, and we were thinking about Brian. We were like, man, hopefully Brian's done cleaning the boat. Well, if he's not cleaning the boat, then the rain will clean the boat. But, yeah, no uh, doubt about that. I think I just that's, made it. That's like summer, and that's what the weather's been like, right? It's no been crazy. Kidding. It's been crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah moving a lot of trips around trying to fish around the weather but i'm sure i'm not the only one this time of year well to me all right now catching all those fish and okay now we caught a couple of nice snooks right when we first started mm-hmm. we after got, we caught the bait right we got bait with and no, you, well, let's no, lead back to the bait let's see my shoulder was bothering me so you were nice enough to say hey let me throw the net so while you were working on the net and and any anybody that's ever tried to cast net thread fin herrings i don't care if you're in two feet of water or 20 feet of water you better be pretty good at it because they're not the easiest baits to catch so i had the sabiki rig out and i'm 
picking away one, two at a time, sometimes three or four, and then next thing you know, get out of my way, I got a net full of bait. So we were we were good on bait after that. Yeah, it was the clockwork. We got the bait. We went to the snook spot. We got a couple snooks. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, off to go get a couple triple tail, right? So we roll out there. We get a couple. And that tri- was something that you weren't used to because you used to you associate a triple tail with of some sort of floating debris offshore. Hey, let's try to catch a dolphin and let's see what's underneath that bucket over there. Oh man, there's a nice triple tail. Right, definitely no triple tail spots yeah. in my book. Yeah, we you didn't have I mean? a bucket to fish. We were fishing deadfalls from a hurricane we had two and a half years ago. Brian has fucking triple tail spots and plenty of them. And we roll up there and we, we get the triple tail. I have so many of them we name. The spots or the yeah. triple tail? <laughs> <laughs> we name them where uh the spots are you know they're either named after somebody that just struck me at the time or you know i don't know it's near something or just i try to create some some humor in it too so those of you I that think one might even be cca mike or something i don't know that's that's a sad <laughs> spot's probably the worst spot you have <laughs> The uh, so it's funny because you look at it. If you anybody that knows what a triple tail looks like, they don't have big mouths, right? But and we're using pretty pretty good sized thread fin herrings, right? right? And I've never seen a fish with such a small mouth take down right. such a large thread fin. And, and I think and the literally whole, no effort at all. Right. The whole time I'm preaching, let them eat it, let them eat it, let them eat it. Don't pull hard. The first thing that somebody wants to do when they feel that thump, it's like a snook bite. Thump. Right there you want to rear back and you know, give it the give it the heat, you know, but you can't do that. You pull it right out of their little mouth. So if you kind of just slow it down a little bit and let him eat it and just get tight and let him start pulling a little bit, you got a way better shot of keeping him on. So we crushed some uh, some triple down. And they were good sized Big fish, ones right? too, yeah. Nice so ones. they're on your Instagram, I think. If you go to yeah. if you look on Instagram San- and Sanders, Sanders Outdoor, outdoor guide. Yeah, right. Sanders Outdoor Guide. You know, he's got tons of pictures of big snooks, triple tails, big you know, just about everything. They kept big permits over there, which we'll get into about the permits and the sharks. That's a whole nother we'll get into that. But um, you know, that that's one thing. You'll see duck hunting pictures and we'll talk about your duck trips too, because that's coming up and I'm getting excited for that. But let's get back to fishing. Well, <laughs> unlike you two guys that, you know, splatted your photos all over social I media. I wasn't gonna do it. And I then know, I was like, ah, oh, screw it, to. I'm gonna do it. I I think I even wrote that I couldn't on wait. There. You know. I had a strategy. Because he he just he started posting stuff and it just wasn't <laughs> to my satisfaction. Listen, when you when you date a pageant queen, you know, it's so you gotta he get your social media on point. Mike's, Mike's like half assing it, and I'm like, screw this, man. Well, I gotta put, I gotta do it right. I and I think I, I even wrote I that. Wait. I can't wait anymore. I gotta do this. So I blew it up like I normally do, and it seemed to go down a little bit better. But well, they were out there, and everybody looked at them, and people were somewhat impressed about it and everything. But I had a strategy. I'm gonna release all mine this week as I promote Brian Sanders being on my podcast. There you go. So they'll see. <laughs> Lunker Dogs Real Guy Show featured episode this week, Brian Sanders. And then go. we get to freaking sport the piss at all those fish that no we caught. No question. And we, uh, you can lead it right into Lunker Con in a, in a little over a month from now. That's right. A little less than a month. I don't actually. get to fish as much as you guys. So, you know, when I get fish pictures, I got to put them up right away because it's just. He's so full of crap. You don't get to fish as much as us. Since that trip, where, how many days did you fish? <laughs> yeah, more than you and I have, right. probably. Yeah. And, he's, and he's all through the Bahamas. 12 days in the Bahamas. Yeah, okay. exactly. I hardly get a chance to fish. You know, you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are so full of crap. This beer is pretty good. 
Yeah, I know. It is I'm, good. I'm yeah, I told you. It. Well, this is only the first of. Uh, this is this What's is actually. What's the name of the beer again? It's, it's, it's called the. Reef, the right? Yeah, it's, it's called the, a crowler, though, right? The, well, the the. <laughs> The receptacle that it's in is called a, a crowler, which was basically that's the, the crowler. Yeah, the can. The big can. Yeah, so the they 40. can. Those of you that go to craft breweries, you can get a growler, which is in a bottle. A growler and a crowler. Yeah, this is a crowler because it's a can, <laughs> so it's a crowler. And then what do you get when you're at the end of the night? A crowler. <laughs> uh, well, it depends on who you're talking to, but um, give me that crowler. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, the 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 crowler. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like I said, it's uh, it's filled with the JMB Reef Ale that we JMB we, Reef Ale. It actually, you know, we John Brad John, John Michael Baker, Baker, Baker yeah. Reef Ale, right? So it's our, you know, our, our you know, our, uh, our yeah. Have six of these and say that ten times in a row. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so maybe. That. Well, depending on when LunkerCon is, that's when a our, big forty is. right there. It ain't a forty, but it may be thirty-two. So it's a forty, but it ain't a forty, but you keep it clean. <laughs> so no, it's it's uh it's you know it was it was produced by Gulfstream Brewery here in Fort Lauderdale, and these guys have done nothing but support our uh, support CCA and support what we're doing. They they love to fish. Um, they they their beer is is out of this world awesome, and um you know we're really thankful to have them, and so. You know, I picked up a couple of these when I was at the brewery because they'll can you, you know, the beer. And when we made this, uh, when we made this beer, we created it. It was supposed to be a limited release, a one-time only release. Right. But there was so much popularity. I mean, right. there was so much demand. People loved this beer, and huh. not only is and the beer good. it's just a good, special brew that they. Yeah, came up well, with? it's 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 our brew. We selected the ingredients. We selected everything, and um, you know, and wow. we, we did the brew. And Howard and Jamie Jacobs, and they just mm-hmm. got married. Oh, did they? They did. Yeah, oh, that's they did. Awesome. Congratulations, of, congratulations man. to them. That's awesome. Um, you know, they were they did the brew, and um, and you know, they did a great job with this. And we never really expected to have the demand that this beer created. But when people were coming to the brewery, they're like, "Hey, it's a it, we call it a you know, it's a summer ale. So ju- the the JMB Summer Reef Ale, and it's just a it's a seasonal type of beer." And down here, I mean, it seems like it's always summer in South Florida, but yeah, but um, there was such demand for it, and, and people, yeah, exactly, it's on the lighter side, and you know, so there's so much demand that people said, "We want, we want more of this. We love the story. People wanted to buy it on the story. They wanted to buy it because it tasted great, and so they Gulfstream decided to produce it uh, for another run and, and and continue to sell it. So it's available there right now. Um, so, well, it's right. And, and I got another one in here too. That's. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, I came prepared. Um, the graphic IPA as well. This is one of their staples as well. So you're gonna, I'm gonna force you to try this as well, Jeff. And I that, don't think it's gonna take much forcing for you to try this. But so. well, that, Goldstream's got it together, man. I was gonna say all these, you know, this brewery stuff and all this beer drinking stuff's right up my alley because one of my new pastimes at 51 years of age <laughs> is to drink beers and do podcasts. Cool. So nothing like doing a good podcast and having a good beer. With, with some good podcasters, right? With some real guys, some real, some good people. So I got a, I got something for you. Um, nobody really knows who Mike Lambrix is because you're a young, up and coming. I appreciate that compliment. Pro- professional person, but tell everybody uh, how you got started with the CCA and kind of what your mission is, what you're doing. Well, shoot, um, those of you that have listened before knew that I was part of the Sail Club. And um, so we which started is, that up, which is what? Southern what is... Anglers and Lauderdale Fishing Club. We started that up about five years ago, or more than five years ago now. And uh, I got introduced to the CCA through that, and I knew that uh, our, our county here, our chapter, because we have chapters for every county in Florida, hmm. um, you know, could use some help and use a volunteer and use, you know, use another voice out there. And 
Um, so I got involved, and I really liked what the organization was doing. And so it used to be really popular, the Fort Lauderdale chapter. Yeah, Broward chapter, chapter used to be I really big. Used to be really big yeah, and used to popular. Be really popular. And, and it kind of, you know, it just away. when when it doesn't get the proper amount of support, you know, here in South Florida, everybody there's 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 so much competition for people's time. There's always so much going on, right? And it's tough to it's, it's very tough time to, demanding, yeah, right? time yeah. demand. It's tough to keep people's focus on things, and you know, again, in this you know hustle and bustle, this life down here in South Florida, I think you know as as outdoorsmen and as fishermen and and what we do, we, we, we forget about, you know, the things that we have to do that keep our hobby going and that keep our waterways, you know, clean, so to speak. Although in Broward, you know, we we have our own issues and those issues are But, you know, it's huge. never it's never an issue. If you talk to somebody, hey, I'm the president of the Broward chapter CCA and, you know, and you're always going to get positive feedback from that. Hey, I was a member one time or. I've heard about you guys. I like what you did back years ago with the net band and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just a matter of drawing attention to yeah, it. No, yeah, no doubt. That's all it's it is. just getting people to understand what the organization does. And, Brian, I know you've been a big supporter for a number of years, and you've donated trips to our banquet and a number of trips. And uh, you I think know, I did 12 trips last year. Yeah. I mean, really? it's been, it's yeah. been yeah, wow. Brian's a huge supporter of the organization. And through for the CCA Florida, for the state, I'm also on the state executive board. I'm also on the state's management committee. And so learning about the organization from a local level in Broward really got me inspired to want to be involved at a state level because there's there's so much that can be done at the state level for, for, for fishermen. And, you know, I don't fish in Broward necessarily all the time. I go over and I fish with Brian over right. in Chukaluski. That's Bahamas, not Broward yeah. County. You know, we yeah. fish in Bahamas and that kind of, you know, ends up folding into Florida. And I fish up in Martin County sometimes. And, you know, um, it, it just, it all kind of ties in together. So I wanted to be a part of the organization at a higher level to see, you know, to, to, to really help out as much as I can and influence the, uh, influence the organization in a positive way. So this year's, Broward Chapter CCA Banquet was held in May. Yep. Was held at Hughes Catering. Yep. And under your command, you had how many people that participated? We had about 200 people that came to the banquet. Um, I think more importantly, we... And that was up... Uh, right. I saw you broke records, right? Yeah, thought, we... Yeah, that's yeah, kind of what did. I'm hitting around yeah. at. What was the record? Yeah, it, so... Quit being so modest yeah. and tell you, people you can what tell the hell you're doing. Because, you know, like, well, and this is all under your command. We, I mean, you're the we, guy. We we took over our, our the new leadership group took over in 2017. And from when we took over some from before we took over or when we took over till this banquet, we increase the revenue for our banquet by over 352 percent if i think i've got wow. that right so, so that's a big number yeah no, that's, yeah that's, yeah that's i mean yeah. i you know i'm a numbers guy you guys know what i do for yeah. a living no that's a um, that's a big number that's something to be really proud of yeah i um we're, we're really happy with it i'll salute that <laughs> we're happy with it you know we're happy <laughs> with, with it tea. but 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 we know with this county and the amount of people here the amount of fishermen we have we have a lot more to go and you know jeff i know that you're a supporter of you know it's just spreading the word with that yeah, man. It's, yeah. It really and jeff is. you're a supporter of captains for clean water which we support you know and we're cool with them and you know i think it doesn't matter there's no you know there's See, no that, competition we're all it in it doesn't for the same matter thing. The, it, the yeah. name is irrelevant so as far as we're concerned no, it's, yeah. a, it's a philosophy we all we all uh, share exactly. a common it's a bond philosophy. with that it's a philosophy. Yeah. 
so I so I got I, I'm out of my ICAST the other day, and the captains were clean water crowd and hanging with them, and they gave me this flat brim. And I've been sporting the piss out of the flat brim. I've been hearing about this flat brim. Yeah. But no, but it, it, I think it, it it kicks back, you know, the younger element, well, I think. is. You I know. think it's driving my 13-year-old crazy. Yeah. She's not giving me any brakes on the flat brim. No brakes, huh? She wants you to put a little curve to it? <sighs> she's, she's She thinks that I'm trying to be young. Right. And I'm trying to explain to her that I'm wearing... You're just trying to be hip, man. I'm, try, I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm su- just trying to fit in. I'm trying to support the philosophy that... Let's keep these waters clean. Yeah. Let's why don't do- you uh, Why don't you hand over the hat and I'll curve it for you? Maybe if uh... dude, it's a flat. No, brim, it's bro. a flat brim. No, can it's curve looking a flat good, brim. man. Dude, and it- with the new haircut, man, it's it's looking oh, tight the, over there. The, uh, speaking of the new haircut, so I, I think the the day you fished with uh, the day we that was fished, the debut was, of the haircut, Brian. Was, the, that was the, the debut of the haircut. The night, be- I got, night before, I, yeah, right? I got my haircut really short. I haven't had my haircut that short, and I'm I'm telling you, over a decade. And <laughs> I roll over to Mike's house in the morning, and I'm like, shit, I haven't spent the whole day out in the sun right. in a long time. I might need one of those buffs. <laughs> so I had the bu- I had buffs on. I had the hats on. I had the sunscreen on. Right. And then when you guys were posting the pictures on social media, you were totally freaking out. Um, all everybody. the people that follow. Yeah, all followers. Because everybody that out. follows me follows you. I mean, they're all the same, you it, know. This is Ninja it, Jeff. Ninja, that, oh, ninja people uh, out here, everybody that's fishing. So everybody knows you and me. And, and But there, there was parts of my body that hadn't seen the sun oh God. <laughs> in like 10 years. And then we go out there with Brian and sit in the sun. Yeah. How, how many hours? Seven, at, at eight least, hours? At least eight hours, yeah. And we're... And, I haven't had that much sun. Right. And, I haven't and you're fished... used to be, you've been fishing at night, so you're you're not seeing the sun like that. Dude, I was like, I was crisp after that trip for a few days. <laughs> it was worth it, though. It was definitely From worth what I could, it. What I, well, I can remember yeah, after, we, after we did the permit, I think we, that we went, uh, I mean, after we did the triple tail, we went permit, permit fishing. Yeah, right? we, we, we barely the scratched the surface on this fishing And I trip. think we started to, I said, you know, they're not real visual, but I kind of know how this wreck sits. And they're usually with this tide. They're usually kind of in this, this area. This wreck was a was a run, though, if I if I recall correctly. I mean, Dude, yeah. everything this was wreck, a run. It was a run, though. I mean, this was offshore. We had to have the right weather, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we had I mean, the right day, weather. We had the right day. Yeah. But you know, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't so such a visual way to fish those fish. But you know, just memory and doing it repetition wise over the years, I kind of knew where those fish were, and I think we just presented the, our crabs the right way and we got bites brian on brian I, that was the most visual fishing i've done in a while because when i saw a huge school of big permits rolling down the edge of that wreck and you said mike there they are pitch a crab right but in when front we first of there. got there they weren't there they were there but they didn't come up yeah but they, when we saw but, them come we up we got bites when we didn't see them and then all of a sudden they, we started catching a couple then they came then up they started and getting active it got real and i was like this is this is a little bit of now they're fishing. coming up popping up looking around going hmm What's going on? Now, we literally saw over 100 permit that day. Yeah. Easy. Easy. And Easy. then we had some yeah. sharks kind of interested a little bit there at the end. Dude, those oh, Goliath. I was more than interested, but yeah. yeah. Dude, those Goliath groupers are the grossest things that I've ever fished around <laughs> in my entire life. I thought the sharks were gross. Yeah. I, I've never seen fish that were so willing to follow the boat around off the wreck. I mean, we you could have reached down we and touched these. We were almost a mile away from the wreck, and you'd look down, and there's a 400-pounder sitting underneath They the would boat. sit in almost, in almost in a sequence. You know, the largest one would be closest to the boat. You could almost reach down and pet this thing, yeah. and then the smaller ones would be behind I've him. I've had them rub their backs underneath the Brian, bottom do you, of the boat. Do you get before. a lot of calls from guys that want to go out and target No, not those? really, and if I do, they're younger guys, so 
I'll bring a, a stand-up rod, sometimes with a harness. Good, because I'm not we'll going to. I'm not going to hold back then, because this this Goliath grouper crowd is gross. <laughs> These fuckers call me up and they want me to put them on a Goliath grouper. It's not hard to do. I know it's not. Here's hard the to hardest do. part with that, dude. It's so pathetic that I won't do that. Well, here's the hardest part with that. You got to give yourself some distance. You can't just pull up 50 feet from this wreck, put an anchor out or put the eye pilot on or spot lock on and drop a bait down to a 400 pound fish and expect to stop them from going to the wreck. It doesn't happen. I just they will pull the whole boat, you and everything else to the wreck. So you got to almost boat in gear, get the bite, pull the fish away, locked up drag, harness, two guys hugging each other, you know. But you got to understand, Brian, where I'm coming from. I want to hold the people that are booking trips at a higher standard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if they call me and they want to go, they want to go Goliath. You want to get them out like, of the gutter, you, huh? You are not, no, I'm just saying, the guy that calls me to do a Goliath grouper trip, right? trust me when I tell you, that is not my guy. Right. You know what I mean? And, I, and when I was younger, I ate that up. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I used to fish some football players, and that's all they wanted to do. They wanted to go They'd hug each other, and I'd, I would purposely lock that drag up with, like, a swordfish little stand-up rod and a, a bucket harness and everything, and these guys are literally bear-hugging each other. Had Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor bear-hugging each other, just holding each other from going overboard because there's so much drag <laughs> on it, and we're cracking up. And like, pull, 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 and the boat's slowly moving towards the wreck, you know, and I'm trying to give it gas, but I don't want to give it too much gas because, boom, there goes Zach Thomas flying out of the boat. Well, so I, I didn't want to do that. I but, don't know if people know it or not, but when we were kids, it was hard to find a Goliath grouper. Yeah, it was. Or at least I definitely Well, no, there was, a, there was a point where, you know, when they first kind of put the moratorium on them, that there wasn't that many of them around, and we saw them periodically. But everybody, I get that question a lot. I probably get that question once a month. How come they don't open it? There's so many of them now. Why won't they open it and do like a little lottery or something on it? They won't mm. open it because their stock assessment which is the number of fish in per area and, and how they're doing is right where it needs to be. So that fishery is That's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing right now. Well, to get back to holding the, the clients and the anglers at a higher standard, you think about that. That fish is so dumb. <laughs> Think about it. That fish is swimming so trash can. Well, he's a little more territorial than dumb. Well, I mean, right, that's his wreck, dog. <laughs> he's he's as that fish is as dumb as any. That's other. his wreck. And when you pull up, he's like, "Hey, man, what are you guys doing here?" Yeah, but that fish is is as dumb as any other fish that other people would call smart. Yeah, that's true. It's I've had people call triple tail dumb, and they're not so dumb. I think that Goliath grouper's Goliath grouper. The Goliath grouper is the dumbest fish in the. In the, it, that we have. I mean, you can catch them off of boat ramps, right? So, I mean. <laughs> I think I saw a big one off of a boat ramp. Hey, what's he doing? Sitting there eating all the carcasses, right? Everybody throws in all the scrap. That's actually working smart and not that hard. So, smart, maybe though. we shouldn't really, uh, you know, maybe we really shouldn't. You're you know. talking about a guy that took us 100 miles and put us on freaking quality fish for a full day. With no downtime. I think we ate lunch while we were running. We could have stayed there by the boat ramp yeah, and did. caught all sorts of crazy shit by the boat ramp. Oh, yeah. We feed the pet snook there every day. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the cleaning table, there's been some really nice tarp in there. Yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday I was there cleaning fish, and uh, the guy goes, man, I think I just saw a tarpon roll. I said, go get the big rod off the boat. He brings it back. I cut the lead off of it, take a nice little trout belly and put it on there, and boom, two seconds later, we caught a 100-pounder in the air, out in the bay, jumping. 
Nobody did, around. You never did that for me. <laughs> Nobody around. <laughs> well, here's what, dude, he's holding you to a higher standard than catching the marine fish. Like, we could take you down there to ADOC and do the same thing. How would that look? Oh, yeah, that's Mike Oh, Lundrex. that's a CCA. Pre- right. Broward, Broward chapter president. Catching there. the tarpon off the charter dock there. <laughs> I'm just doing a fish uh, fish stock assessment. That's yeah, all. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so if I remember correctly, I know you. it's been a while for you since you've caught a permit, but we caught a couple permit off that wreck, and if I remember correctly, they were both pretty good-sized fish. Oh, yeah, they were good. They, one thing I remember about the permit was the sharks. And uh, and I after I, you I, fight them for a while, yeah. yeah all of a sudden, here they come. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I've been meaning to say this, but I, it reminds me of the you know when you watch the uh, the the TV shows with the tarpon tournaments in Boca Grande, yeah, Boca Grande, and these boats, you know, they hook up a tarpon, and there comes a huge, you know, whatever five hundred plus whatever, pound yeah. hammerhead coming and trying to eat this tarpon. And, you know, you got the boats that are driving circles and going in reverse and trying to create as many. Do you know why they do that? And, and we did a little bit of that, yeah, too. And, and that's where I wanted to get to okay. was, you know, you were, I think you were telling me, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we see this massive bull shark trying to eat this permit that we had hooked up. And, and you can't you have no control over this none, permit because none. he's 25 pounds. None. He just does what he wants Lays to do. We're fishing and, 20 yeah. pound braid and a 20 pound fluorocarbon leader with a little 2 hook. I've right. never gone in reverse in circles as fast <laughs> In my life, as I did with Brian. So what that does is that just creates disturbance and bubbles. So if that's why when I do that, I was (laughs) telling you to keep try to keep the fish on the surface, which happens to be the fish kind of is up near the top. He's amongst all those bubbles and all that white water and everything. And that shark just has a little bit more of a hard time kind of honing in on him and gives us an opportunity to fight them a little bit longer and have an opportunity to get them in a net and pull them in the boat now i would know why they call it sport fishing because now you know this is like a it's almost like a contact sport i mean we're fighting sharks you know indirectly we're trying Goliath to get groupers the everything's surface. there groupers are trying to eat them that's jurassic I, park jeff man. that's why i call it jurassic park because you hook something up and you not only got to worry about the goliath groupers but you got to worry about these massive bull sharks that i don't think i've ever seen as many big bull sharks in my life as i've seen over there to now, me, it's it, like what it's like Jurassic Park. Remember right. what we did with the big permit when we caught him? What did we do when we let him go? Oh, well, we brought him right back over the wreck, right? And we we released we, him right over the wreck, so he right could go. So he could go right back to his school right of friends. Back, you know, there's right. safe safety in numbers. Yeah, right, right back to his shelter. Well, you guys are you know like really conservation minded. What is your take on that Boca Grande fishery? I think it's just been exploited to hell. Yeah, because I, I, I used and it's not something I'm interested in. I, I just see I used to appreciate it, you know, because it was a place, yeah. you know, you catch a bunch of tarpon and mm-hmm. stuff. But that was 20 years ago. Well, because it was because it was easy. Well, it was easy. And I don't think the number of sharks that hang out in Boca Grande were there then. They've been like fed they are there now. for years now. The way I look at Boca Grande now. When they fish for tarpon there, it's just a giant chum slick for the sharks. No question. And as soon as those boats pull up and all those motors are running, right. that's here, the here dinner bell. Come. Here they come. Here they come. Any shark within five miles of that place, here's, they know what's going on. Now, do you think anybody, well, I know nobody over there, but do you think anybody that has any type of clout, like maybe a CCA type of guy, would actually come out and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't fish in one of the, like the world's, you know, they can't because there's too much money made there now. There's right. too many it's guides. It's always about the there's, money. It's all about the money. There's too many guides making a living there. There's too many people 
that know about that place and it's perceived as being like the tarpon capital. The tarpon capital. capital of the world. They yeah. got in there for like eight fucking weeks. So they go there, they get on a boat, and now you look around, you're right in the middle of all these boats, you're marking the school of fish in 40 feet of water, and there is literally 50 boats around you and you hook a fish and he jumps once and lands in somebody's boat. It happens every day. Now what do you do? And then you let the fish. Are you guys okay? Right. Yeah, she got hit in the head, but I think she's gonna be okay. Right, what then... happened to the fish? I went out the other side. Right. We let the fish go to get Yeah, we've got the slime sharks. all over the boat, and the sharks got a big gash in the side of them. But no, I, I, you know, it, it, I don't know. Fish. It's a, it's a delicate subject, and and the reason why it shouldn't is be that fucking delicate. No, though, it never it's... used to be that delicate, and it shouldn't be that delicate because. It's only been it's plain, exploited it, to the point where it's right, at Delaware. It's plain and simple. Yeah, Everybody exactly. can see what's exactly. going on. You know what I mean? They, they used to have a tournament there, a guy named, um, what was his name? He, uh, he was, they had the PTTS. Yeah, he right? was the owner of that. It was and the PTTS. His name was Jeff. I can't think of his last name. But he, uh, at first, the local guides and everybody that's been fishing there generation after generation used to be this quiet little sleepy place. Now this guy's putting it on the, the map. Right. And you got all this attention. You got all these people, all these teams. Tourism dollars. All these people, and he's filming it, and they're bringing them over to the beach, and they're weighing them, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. They just got so tired. The local guides and the local people got so tired of it that it just, it just, they pushed them out of there. It went away. Well, I don't know. They, so it's, to this day, it's still probably exploited, but at least the show's not there. At least there's a little bit less attention to the area. I feel bad. The guys, the guides that fish there and have been there for years. How would you like to go? You used to go fishing there 20 years ago. You'd see four or five other boats. Now you see 50 or 60 boats there. Or more. Yeah. Or more. I mean, how would you like that? I wouldn't. That and you sucks. can't and you can't shut it down because I mean you don't want to take you know our we're rec fisher so, we're recreational fishermen we don't you don't want to take our right away to go fish right so it's like that's why I was saying it's delicate because if you go to take and you go to shut down this fishery now you know the guy that's trying to do the right thing can't go fish anymore and then he's going to ask okay so if you're going to do that and you're going to shut this down for us what's next what right. are you going to do now we can't catch a tarpon at all no matter right. where we are so like, what, what's the next step so what these guys do now like the guys that have been there forever that are really good at it they don't go in the middle of all those boats they go on the outside or they go down the beach a little ways they get away they get to get away. away now now what's happening is the other boats have binoculars and they're watching because they know these guys will find a school of fish as soon as they get hooked up Oh. As soon as they get hooked up, a good pair of binoculars. You said binoculars. Binoculars. A good pair. Uh, Ni I believe Nikon. Nikon was... binoculars. Yeah. I heard. Yeah, that that probably makes sense. They're good. So they uh, <laughs> they see this through their Nikon binoculars, and they just haul ass over there, and and next thing you know, this guy's sitting there, all by himself. He's got a found a school of fish. He's got his clients, and here comes twenty boats, cut his fish off. He's right back to where he started. He couldn't get away from. Them. All right. I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It, it's. T I mean, like, I go back and forth with it, but that Boca Grande is a special place. I mean, I fish for tarpon. We got three inlets that I fish. I fish Port Everglades. <laughs> mm -hmm. I fish Holover. I fish Government Cut, Bear Cut. So if you want to call that an inlet, mm -hmm. four inlets. And, no, no uh, Hillsborough though. You don't do much time. No, I just no. It's mostly Fort Lauderdale South. Um, and, you know, they all hold tarpon, and they're all, they're all great places to fish. But if any one of those spots ever became like Boca Grande, where we just knew that we were feeding the tarpon to the sharks, I would be okay with people saying, hey, you can't do that. Right. And I think 
in today's day and age, we have to change people's mindsets. Right. We Forget about the dollars. And you can't hold on. You can't hold on. You, you have can't to. say 20 years ago, this used to be the best tarpon place because it's not now. Right. And guys, just like you and me, we have to change the way we think. Yeah. And if it means giving up something like that, something like I that, would give it up. Then you yeah. got to do it. I would do it. There's no choice anymore, really. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we're given a choice, but taking the wrong choice is only going to lead to the wrong stuff. No question. You know? And no, it feeds off itself. Yeah, I'm not one. You know, I'm not one for a whole lot of regulation. No. But, but then again, I am one. You know, I'm totally in love with the tarpon. It puts food on. Let my, me ask you a question, since we're talking about sharks now, and this is just my own perception in the area that I fish. We have a huge shark problem, inshore and offshore, it doesn't matter. You find any congregation of fish, whether it's an offshore school of fish, a snook or permit or anything, any kind of movement and congregation of fish, or an inshore school of, let's say, redfish in the fall where there's maybe 100 fish moving up and down a shoreline. Right. As soon as you start catching those fish, Here there's, they a, come. there's a shark or two. Here they come. It's like they almost swim with these fish. But it never used to be like that. And I say the good old days in my book, when I first started guiding some 23 years ago, we didn't have that issue, nor did we ever see that many sharks. And if we did, it was almost a rare occasion. No, you're right. What happened 20 years ago to present day is that my theory is there was a huge demand in Asia for shark fin soup. Right. Sharks were commercially fished all over the world. Mm-hmm. That kind of went away about eight or nine years ago. Yeah. Is that why we see the explosion of sharks today? I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that I the main so. reason? Well, it's, I think I that's. Think it's regulation more than the demand. Or I is it just the, the demand, that and the regulations of. I think the demand is still possession. there no matter what. I think that these sharks are being. They don't, I don't think the demand's there anymore. I think so. Is it for sure? Yeah, I haven't I heard anybody so. say shark fin no, they soup put in a lot of, they eight put, years, nine no, years. No, I think they, it's regulation. They put a lot of maybe in Asia, but not here. No, they put a lot of regulation on commercial fisheries through the world to quit killing all the sharks like that, and they go out of their way not to kill them. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of the food fish that the sharks eat are being killed in those same commercial type fisheries. So as you're taking away that resource for the shark, but we are the higher predator. We are the the highest on the food chain. Right. And we don't regulate it. Nothing will. Well, I'm saying we're taking away their food source and we're adding more competition for the food source. Think about it, though. Right. No, I, I do think about it. So we regulate that, but we're, now we're regulating the shit out of it and these fish are exploding. They have no... It's been a problem everywhere, Brian. No I mean, predator. Even, I mean, even you go, fishing go to the, in the Bahamas, Bahamas right? Yeah, go yeah, to the Bahamas. I was just going to mention the Bahamas. Forget, I mean, we... I saw a picture today of a guy... I forgot who it was on somewhere on uh, social media holding up a really big tuna, yellowfin tuna in the Bahamas that had four shark bites on it. Right. And it no, was a, it was like a 150 pound fish, a really big one. So a fish that big that fights that long in the water is going to get bit by a shark. Almost always. Almost 100 yeah. percent yeah. of the time. Dude, even here in Port Everglades, if 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 the tarpon are small, we're catching 50 or 60 pounders. But you catch four in a row by the fourth tarpon it's you, activity breeds you, activity right, you're gonna is what shark, it is. yeah right. you're gonna see one we he's ne- gonna show up and go hey what the hell's going on what are you guys doing see we never we never had that you problem. never had that right and we didn't have that problem down in miami very often right 
and we didn't you know there's a few places like bear cut where there's a couple big sharks that would hang around okay. and that one big shark you know you almost could name it right and then you'd have an yeah, issue they have one in the keys they call big mo or something right. that lives under the bridge right and that was actually a, a topic because that wasn't the norm you know it was it wasn't the norm now man it doesn't matter which spot it doesn't matter what size it fish, makes me sick and there's just fucking sharks everywhere it I'm just not, makes me sick I, dude it kills me and 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 because that shark could never catch that fish unless you slow it right, down right there's such son of a bitches those sharks and they'll oh. wait till the bitter end they'll wait till you wear that big tarpon down or that big permit down or whatever it is or that big yellowfin tuna and now you're at that moment of truth where you're going to get that fish closer to the boat where you can either net it gaff it whatever type so, of fish it is so they get their free hand and then out, guess you know? what here it's, a, it's all about free handouts here it comes. Free handouts. so you probably you probably feel the dagger i think it's obamacare at its finest man <laughs> obamacare <laughs> <laughs> brother <laughs> brother you said it not me that's what i was getting at but thank you brian i did not say that <laughs> this shit just got political all right uh, <laughs> no nah, we're not going political but uh yeah no it's a it's a huge problem and and i i just i don't know if it's 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 a combination of the regulations but and the does it does it drive you freaking crazy when you hear about these people that are all about saving the sharks yeah. and having the compassion for I the sharks? I see it all the time, and, it, and, and they, they have dude, no idea what they they're talking about. They think sharks are cute. Uh, and, and the sharks b- are not fucking cute. <laughs> they are assholes of the ocean. When's the last time you yeah. hugged a shark? Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but seriously, sharks are the assholes of the ocean. No question. But, but without a question, you know they're, they're protected cute. in the Bahamas, right? You can't kill sharks in the Bahamas. You can. Well, they're protected pretty much everywhere sharks, now. Yeah, I think but, you can't harvest. But if a, all places the Bahamas are protecting sharks, especially so. the Bahamas, bull sharks and the lemons places, and the bigger, yeah. bigger aggressive sharks. But you can go out there and slay ten friggin' twenty-pound muns in the Bahamas. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as you're taking those muttons away from the sharks, you're not allowed to fuck with the sharks. And it's a bad combination. I know plenty of Bahamians that would really enjoy shark too, so I'd I'd love to give some Bahamians some sharks, you know, as a nice gift when I come back in. Well, we need to figure out how to make them somewhat edible. And then But you can't harvest them. Well can't. I mean, what do you do? Well, we gotta get with the CCA guys about this and see if they can fucking have some They gotta come up with something. Gotta talk to FWC. See what the uh, what the what the populations look like and whatnot. I mean, we have they, I'm sure they they do stock assessments yeah. in the Gulf yeah. and over here in the yeah. Atlantic, and we're all well aware. Give you an you idea. Know, we're all well aware as fishermen that they're, uh, that they're but, but that they're, let, they're plentiful. But let it be heard. I mean, sharks are not cool. People that think sharks are cool haven't been around sharks they no watch, they watch shark, shark they watch shark week, week and, yeah. and, and, and they and listen to these it's all drama and it's all you know for television but it's it's in the real world where you and i are out there every day doing this it's a pain in the ass it's a pain in the ass and, and you work all day as a fishing guide to try to find and get yourself in position to catch some fish and you finally do that and you start hooking fish like say i find a school of redfish I've been working all day, not having a great day. It's been a little slow. Working my ass off, I find a school of redfish. We start catching them, and we get them to the boat. Double header, triple header, whatever it is. And guess what? Here comes one or two sharks, and they eat them before we can even pull them in the boat. Now we have three heads. Right. And blood all in the water. The yeah. school of fish is totally freaked out and spooked now. Right. 
Yeah, that sucks. I mean, how, now what do I do? How many? I got to go find something else again. You got to go another twenty miles. Yeah, I got to go run again. <laughs> how, how many of your clients, Brian, want to catch sharks? I mean, do you get guys that go out there and they're like, Brian, I want to catch, I want to catch a shark because I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that maybe a pretty easy. Once a year, I get a, a dad that's, that's bringing it. his eight or ten year old kid and said, Hey, can we catch a shark? Only once a year? Maybe twice. Wow. It's a very low number. I get I get asked I get a asked very about low the number. shark thing. I get asked about the shark thing. They Actually, the Goliath groupers are ahead of the shark in that department. Wow, well, there you go, Jeff. Well, the Goliath groupers I think are going to keep going ahead because it's YouTube candy, it's social media candy. And they're they're once you find them, you can get a bait to them and hook them, and it's all drama. And Big then, rod, you know, all drama, running around the boat, trying to get them up. And then you get them up, and here's this giant-ass fish no, that then, everybody's freaking out over. That really is about the dumbest thing, because right. that's his wreck. That's where talking. he lives. He's not going to leave there, and he's going to come up and look at you because you're there. Yeah. Check you out. Yeah. No, it's not going anywhere, and it's probably get more popular. And um, I don't know. Maybe they'll let us start killing them. And then things will change again, but who knows? <laughs> now let's let's work on the sharks first, Mike, with the CCA, then then the Goliath groupers. Let's leave those guys so, alone. Brian, do you feel like you got somebody to lean on because Mike's your a little buddy? bit? Yeah, a little bit. Me too. Yeah, I, I do I, now. And I call him up, bitching and moaning about FWC and complaining. I saw. And speaking shit. of speaking of that, I saw I saw uh, your buddy um, Drew, your buddy Drew, at uh, the same restaurant I saw him at before. And, uh, you know, we got to talk, and I was like, has Jeff been calling you about this whole FWC thing in Miami? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's been hearing about it. He's like, I, you know, I'm up in Broward, you know, there's nothing about it. He's like, but uh, he's like, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. Seems like it's a problem. So uh, but it's, it's a he doesn't run his organization like that, it's, you know, or he doesn't run his, his own operation, <laughs> let's put it that way. Broward apparently seems to be much different or much. Broward's know. not near as bad as Dade, but it's, it's similar. Can and I crack this beer, Jeff? Crack it, of course. Yeah, Are you kidding me? I told you my favorite pastime is doing podcasts <laughs> and drinking beers at this point. I, it's your podcast. I had to ask permission, so. <laughs> Dude, on my podcast, you're allowed to drink, you're allowed to curse. I, I tell you what, I'm you're not excited. Allowed to lie. No, no lying. Well, well fishermen, fishermen don't lie, anyways. How the, how the hell can we? <laughs> I'm excited about our new governor in Florida. Yes, me too. And I'm excited about uh, Ron Bergeron, who is heading up the. Ron Burgundy, do you say? Ron Burgundy, yeah. <laughs> Ron Bergeron, who is heading up the Everglades Restoration. And uh, and then I guess uh, there's some changes in the uh, FWC that might be yeah, heading, might, heading might, in the right direction. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, uh, Steve Hudson, kid, the local kid from Fort Lauderdale, mm -hmm. just became the commissioner. I guess DeSantis makes the commissioner of the FWC. Okay. So at least, at very least, you know, at one of these social events where I see the guy at, you know, like we're somewhat friendly. So... I can kind of tell them what's going on. Now, hopefully, you know, that gets us somewhere. But at least I'll know where I stand. I mean, maybe we'll talk to we'll talk to the guy, and uh, he's like, Jeff, you know, this is all smoke and mirrors. You know, right. I get appointed this position. There's not a whole hell of a lot I can do. <laughs> My but hands at least, are tied, right? But at least he'll be honest with you. Yeah, me. at least he'll be honest. I have a feeling that, um, you know, they'll, they'll listen to you. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, with the right people in those positions, they're, they're, we're going to see some change there. I mean, really, I mean, the, the, the change, I know change is hard, but the change that I But I'd it's a slow, gradual change, though. But the change I'd like to see is a simple, different philosophy in the relationship between guides like you and me and law enforcement, especially the ones that are supposedly looking out for the wildlife. Right. Because there's no other people in the world that want to know it better than we do. 
Right. There's no other people in the world that is more important than it is. Yeah, I had a conversation with the, the I've known the park rangers over where I'm at and the, the supervisor who's been there for as long as I've been guiding. And, you know, I was a, a hellion when I first started guiding there and I was wide open and I'd run into these young, aggressive park rangers and, you know, I wouldn't put up with any of their shit. And next thing you know, I'm finding myself in court and doing defending myself because I just didn't put up with it. And one day I was talking with him not too long ago, maybe four or five years ago, and uh, and he says, man, you really have changed your tune a little bit since you've had a family and gotten older. I said, you know what? I said, one thing you need to realize is I'm the eyes and ears of this place. Right. I'm here every day. Right. I know what goes on. Right. Okay, so maybe you need to consider that, and maybe you and I work together on this. Because I'm not your enemy. I'm, yeah. your, I'm on your side. Absolutely. And once I said that to him. You think he saw the light? He saw the light because I I I talked to the uh, the the head supposedly the head dude of uh, Dave, you know uh, that deals with Biscayne Bay and all that, mm -hmm. and I explained that to him, and um, you know told him that you know that the FWC and the guides in um, Biscayne Bay were basically adversaries and they didn't get along and they didn't. But that's talk true with everywhere. But he didn't give he didn't give a squat. He didn't care. Didn't give two. He just shits. said that's the way it is, huh? He didn't go, sorry to, sorry that you feel that way, uh, sir. Yeah. You know, and gave me that kind of shit. And I'm yeah. just like, man, dude, I'm talking to you, man. I'm trying to give you, sir. I'm trying to give you. Well, no, yeah, he was sir. being sarcastic. Sir. That's that's me being sarcastic. No, he was being sarcastic. As, as he was a, just being. Yeah, yeah you know. Like, oh, I don't see anything that my officers did that was illegal. I'm like, dude, there was nothing that I was doing that was illegal any, yeah. either. But they pulled me over and checked me. For so why can't we just work together? Right. Why can't we just do that? Let's build an alliance right now, buddy, and you and I. Let's work together. You lean on me. I lean on you. Let's do this together, and let's make sure everybody is safe. And everybody has a good time here, and let's protect the area and the species and the environment. Brian, that just makes way too much sense. I know. I know that that like I should be a politician, right? I'm thinking about it. People, I'm tell, a, me I might run, People I might, tell me that too. I might be the 41st person to run for president on the Democratic side. Dude, real guys uh, in politics. <laughs> real guys in politics, not a real good mix. Not a good mix. It's no, a, it's hard. To be the only real guy I know that was ever in politics was Bush, senior. Yeah. Because he took Carl out and he caught fish right here in the New River. So how can I not? How could you not? Yeah. How can also, you all like that guy? Also, my old man. I made mean, him, bless his. You know, so my old, he's mate, dead my now, old man made him a salt shaker. Nice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He brought it up to his place in Kenny Bunkport. He was sporting the salt shaker. How up about there. the? How about those Freeman guys that were up at the White House with the? Uh, I think it was the Make America Great. Uh, you know, and I was the. Well, the owners of the, the Freeman boats. Free, the Freeman oh, no guys. Kidding. You wow. know, they they were one of I think forty American businesses, and it was about you know American businesses and whatnot. And these guys. Got they were thriving in today's economy, yeah, right? Yeah. They, oh they no, got they're the invitation really doing well. To go to uh, the White House, yeah. That's and they awesome. Had, they brought a Freeman up there, and they no, there's the a Freeman, lot of stuff that goes the on. You don't on, hear about. They had the Freeman on the lawn of the White House. That's I mean, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's an American on, company. Those are good guys. I've heard. I don't know them, but I've heard great no, things. No, they're a great company. I've got a couple buddies that have Freemans, no and uh, you know, they. It seems to me like they deserve it. You know, that's a good story, and and that's stuff that you never see. Unfortunately, the average person never sees any of that good stuff. I mean, all the prayer that goes on in the White House now, and all that good, you know, good stuff that's just. It's Where just you feel fast. like the people actually belong, you know, you don't. You yeah. Just, yeah you don't. Like everybody means something. Yeah. You know, I don't know. 
let's let's finish up the podcast by finishing up uh, our fishing trip because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so we go to all these spots and we crush all the fish that we're supposed to crush, and then Brian, as we're supposed to, right? Well, <laughs> that's what happens when you get the right guide in Chukaluski. But then Brian uh, brings us to a spot where a, f- a friend, I guess, gave you some numbers. I don't remember. Well, I'm, I'm, it was the only <laughs> refresh pl- my memory. I don't remember. So, somebody gave you some numbers. Oh, that's right. And, and we, we and it we was ran, supposed to be a grouper spot right, or something. We ran right? like ten miles out of the way. Yeah, just to go look at it. Right, just I remember look. that. And that was the, I didn't like it. I turned around. Dude, that was the away. only spot that we didn't pull up right, right away. Right. And, and start crushing. I fish. think I looked at it. I and caught said, a oh, big, like big lady fish on that. Spot. Yeah, she did. Was that the lady fish spot then? That's the lady fish spot. Yeah, and and it was funny because I look over and there's a boat and I'm like, hmm. I wonder what spot that is. I look at my machine, and it's a wreck that I already have. And I'm like, look how close this is. Maybe this guy got these, they gave me this, got these numbers confused, and that's what you're talking about. It was only, what, a half a mile away? It wasn't, it wasn't very far. <laughs> so then after we got crushed by Homeboy's friend spot, then we go in, catch a few more triple tail, and then we call it a day. We killed a fish for the lady at the uh, marina there. We did, yeah. And, um, very grateful too. They, they, that doesn't happen very often, so that's a special occasion. No, she, most most she, of my clients bring their fish home if we keep them and no, clean she, them up. She was and, pretty fired up to get the fish, mm-hmm. and um, and we just had a phenomenal day. And um, I haven't had a day fishing where I didn't see a jet ski, or a water taxi, or an FWC agent <laughs> with a in, green with a green and blue light flashing right. In, yeah, the park ranger, but in yeah. years did we see? We did see a park, we got the ranger. park ranger. Yeah, but he wasn't FWC, so no. I'm gonna give yeah. it a pass. <laughs> and how was he though? Do you see my my relations <laughs> no, with them have changed? Was, no, a they, were bit. They, they were fine. They were fine. Oh, yeah, they, they were great. You know, they were great. They were good. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I could have, I could have. I was just talking about that at the end of the day, about how we didn't see a jet ski or a water taxi. And then no and then, sooner came out of your mouth, all yeah, of a sudden, I see, lights. I see a light. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not happening. But, um, no, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank both of you guys for inviting me to go fishing, seeing what your world's all about, Brian. And um, I guess I'll look forward to seeing you guys at this year's LunkerCon. Absolutely. And hopefully this won't be the last podcast you do with us, Brian. No, I'm having a great time. I'll do this uh, whenever whenever you want to talk I, fishing. I, I, I'm I good. propose that we go fishing with Jeff, and then maybe we circle back and do another one. Yeah, that'd that. be a great idea. Sounds I'd love I'd love to, you to return the favor, and uh, I don't get to pull on fish very often, so that'd be great. Good, well, let's, good plan, for let's me. plan on going out um, during the mullet run this year. Okay. And um, we'll get together again, and we'll do another podcast. Okay. And thank you guys for being on the Real Guy podcast. This is a podcast by real guys for real guys. And thanks for tuning in. And run that dog.